Hey, thank you so much for joining us here on the Transportation and Logistics Clubhouse. Uh, very, very excited to be here. We have this special guest. Uh, this brother is Luis Molina of Port Pro. Uh, and before we begin, I just wanted to go ahead and get started by saying all that pubbing that I've been doing for the past month, <laughs> ATL 5K is this Saturday. And I'm very, very excited. It, like I said, this is my second one. The first go around I ran in September. And, uh, you know, I was going for a 28-minute time and ended up getting 26 minutes. So I'm, I'm just trying to improve on this one. But I'm running on Saturday in the ATL 5K. Uh, there are still spots available if you wanted to join the Transportation and Logistics team. Uh, you just go to www.atl.com slash 5K and, uh, you know, find that team. And the password would be uh, logistics with a capital L logistics. So also publishing a book fundamentals of dispatching. So I'm very excited about that. And, uh, you know, now that I've gone through those orders of business, um, I'm just truly grateful to have Luis on the stage. How are you doing today, brother? Hey, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Oh yeah. No doubt, man. No doubt. Look for the folks who you know, didn't join us last year because this is your second time around on stage with me. So again, I appreciate you. I'm happy to have you back. Um, for the folks who might not have been able to learn about you uh, then, you know, let's let's talk about it just a little bit. Um, you know, what's your background? How'd you get into uh, trucking? And, you know, what are you up to these days? All right, no problem. Uh, I got my license, my CDL, I was 19 years old, 2006. I got into container hauling th through my father. Uh, I, and eventually ended up being an owner operator at the company he was hauling for. And then over the years, I uh, saw some stuff that the way that we're treated in the port sometimes and just the crazy stuff we see out here and wanted to share some of that with with people in the industry, right? So we made a Facebook group, started uploading um, updates, and the group grew from there. And then fast forward to now, like I know a few people, owner ops, drivers, we have built this little community called the Containeros, which is sort of slang in Spanish for container hauler. Just like you would say, as someone that hauls trailers, they call them traileros, you know, the mm -hmm. talk. Taquero, containeros, right? It comes from the word container. So, yeah, I hope I didn't uh, fast forward too quick there for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good, man. You know, I'm still trying to, you know, roll those R's. You know, I'm, I'm going to get it when we're talking about it offline. But, uh, no, that's beautiful. I didn't know that you guys started on Facebook. Is that what you just said? Is that how the group began? Or, you yeah. Know, how, okay. Yeah, I had some old stickers uh, from when you ship stuff out. Mm -hmm. I stickers from a friend that used to do graffiti, and I just drew stuff on them and put them on the speakers at the pedestals, and like, hey, join our Facebook group. And yeah, looking back, it was kind of funny, but here we are now, you know? I'm right, right. Clubhouse with you, so. Yes, sir. Great. Hey, brother, you, you guys have done something, done something uh, magnificent, actually. And uh, I do want to touch on that a little bit more as we uh, we progress through the conversation. But currently, what are you doing? 
Well, at the moment, I'm the uh, head of driver relations here at Port Pro. Okay, okay. For the folks who might not have heard of Port Pro, what's a high-level overview of what you guys do there? All right, without trying to sound too salesy, uh, <laughs> here at Port Pro, we're the leading operating system for drayage carriers. So I feel we, we cater to a very, uh, a very interesting uh I hope I don't mispronounce this or niche niche. No, no, that's it. And you got it, brother. <laughs> the, the service that they can um, run their operations with us. It's a web based portal. Um, dispatchers can use it. Billing clerks, uh, company owners, etc. Uh, if you have Internet, you, you have access. So you could literally be dispatching from the beach if you want, you know, um, more flexibility. Um, right, right. When you get our system, you have access to, you can offer a driver app to your drivers. It's both, uh, you know, Android and uh, iPhone users can download it. Okay. You could uh, do location history tracking in the system, order entry, vessel ETAs, container visibility. Uh, just, you know, make everything digital, paperless. Uh, right, right. We're wow. 22, you know. Uh, Things are changing. Right. I know it's a huge push to leave paper behind, you know, for everything to be digital. I mean, with your experience as a port driver, um, you know, somebody that haul containers, how was handling all that paper? Was it was it seamless or was it a headache at the end of the day? Well, we like owner ops, we have our own style sometimes. We got guys that have a little clipboard and they write it as they do it. You got guys that just throw the paperwork on the dashboard and, and figure it out on Friday, you know? You yeah. got <laughs> day before payday and expect to get paid as soon as they turn it in. And then, like, there's just some things that I didn't know back then. Like, I thought, you know, now that from this side of the, of the game, I see, like, all the other things that go into play for the operation to flow. So, basically, if they don't get paid, then how can I get paid, you know? So... Back then, it was a lot of, you know, I was part of the, the problem, you could say. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so which one were you? You weren't the guy that was writing it down on the clipboard as you went? Or like, what you do? You threw it on the dash until Friday? I, I would do it, uh, you know, load by load. It's just the OCD in me. You know, I have to see how much I made that day. <laughs> Boulder, you know? friend, he uh, sort of would do it at the end of the week. And one time he got curious. He's like, huh, I wonder if I'm missing anything. And long story short, he added up a bunch of uh, missing pay for like six months worth. He was missing like $4,000, which that's $4,000, you know. That, that's a lot. And it just slipped through the cracks because you weren't organized, you know. Mm, I hear you, man. No, that, that definitely is something to be uh, said to the community, you know. Uh, you got to be organized if you're operating a business because not everybody is going to be, you know, providing the checks and balances for you. So if you are uh, an owner operator, a business owner, or maybe you're even a company driver right now, uh, maybe it is time to make sure that those those systems are clean so that you're able to find out if you're missing any money. And I'm talking to myself too. You know, there are definitely uh, things that you know, you just say you're going to get back to and you just kind of just forget. So you got to you got to develop a system so that 
uh, things don't slip through the cracks like that. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. And, you know, what's been, all right, so you went from trucking, you went from being a driver, doing this day in, day out for over 10 years to now, you know, you're, you're basically, you know, on the corporate side of things. What's been the biggest transition? Like, what's that transition been like on your day to day? And, uh, you know, being out on the road, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pay attention to DOT regulations, maybe even the safety guidelines on the port. But outside of that, you kind of made your own rules. You know, what is it like working within this corporate structure now that you're there? Well, it's definitely a big change. Um, as a truck driver, I enjoyed my time alone and, you know, with my thoughts and knowing that my job is point A to point B and I did very well at it. You know, I, I know how to, I know what I'm doing when it comes to the ports and driving and all that good stuff. But here it was something new, you know, um, from, from learning how to share your screen, from doing a Google meet, from proper introductions. And, you know, there's a different lingo here. Like I can't, you know what I mean? Like it's a different uh, atmosphere. Like with trucker buddies, you can be like, you know, more and more like uh, casual. Is that the proper way? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just learning, you know, uh, adjusting as I go, uh, being a little more professional and whatnot. And yeah, man, just learning a whole lot about the other side too, you know, like what goes into these operations. It's a big picture more than just, you know, uh, delivering and loading that truck like there's a whole lot of things that go into it i think if you could put like if someone could put their hand on a container you know everyone that has had anything to do with the you know with the lifespan of that shipment i i think uh you would fill up that whole container you know with hands like just to give you a visual of how engaging it is gotcha 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 now i definitely hear you um, you know, things are a little bit different uh, behind the desk, you know, in front of a computer screen. Uh, and and it is, it is, it's the simple things like what you just described as far as, you know, how to share your screen and how to send out a Google Meet. What is a Google Meet? You know what I mean? It's like uh, that is that is like a, a it's another language. It's, it's, it's definitely a different skill set. So I'm happy that you're getting adjusted uh, rather smoothly. Um, but you know, I guess to, to go back into more so of the backstory of Luis. All right. So you got your CDL back in 2006, you were operating. Um, uh, did you have, I know you were an owner operator. How long did it take you to go from being, you know, a company driver to having your own truck and now you're an owner operator? It was, I would say about three years or so. Okay. That's yeah. fast. Yeah, uh, like, you know, lease that truck and with the potential to someday own it and and losing one and then getting another and losing that and eventually getting mine and, you know. Right. Yeah, I think that's a. I think I think that might be a way faster than most people. Did you do the lease program through um, like your the company that you were le mean that you were working for? Yeah, at the time, yes. Okay. Hey, would you, now that you've gone through it, is that something that you would kind of vouch for if people saw that as an option or they got that as an option? Do you think that's something that you would redo with the things that you know today? 
Uh, I'm not sure. For me at the time, it was definitely a, a, a drastic change. Like, oh, wow, I feel like you catapulted up the, you know, up the, in the stage of the game, like owner up. Like, it's not just bragging rights, you know, like you got to do the numbers and, and see if it's even worth it. Because I never really even read the contract. A lot of us didn't. So, you know, a lot of us, uh, a lot of people gave up perfectly running trucks, you know, to hop on a new trucks to be compliant with the whole clean air stuff. And they just, you know, at the moment, instant gratification, you get a new truck, you know, everything's running smooth and they made that transition easy. So I, I wouldn't go for something that's too easy to achieve like that. If I could go back, I would have um, taped up and do it on my own. With okay. No, yeah. Okay. No, I feel it. I feel it. So, um, three years you became an owner operator at any point. Did you feel as though you wanted to get your own MC, your own authority? I didn't know much about that. I didn't have much, uh, I thought that the top of the food chain there was owner up and then you made it. I didn't know mm. that. I just, it just seemed unattainable to be honest. I didn't do my research. I was, uh, happy with my guaranteed check every Friday. I knew if I do a certain amount of loads, I, I was good. And I knew I was making more money than company drivers. So I already thought I was, you know, at a certain level. So. No, yeah. I feel it. No, I feel it. I mean, uh, you, you don't know what you don't know, which is exactly why I feel as though you, you created your platform, you were able to build your community. And that's definitely the reason why uh, the transportation and logistics clubhouse became uh, what it is today because I didn't know, you know, I was doing the dispatching for a corporation um, and I was, you know, pretty solid with it, but I didn't know how to do it as an entrepreneur, how to do it for, you know, these individual owner operators or fleet owners that were out here that, you know, other people were um, dispatching for. So this platform became uh my education tool it you know people say they 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 watch everything they can watch on youtube i kind of created that environment here on you know with the transportation and logistics clubhouse because i needed to learn all the you know what things do i need to consider before i actually get out here and start you know um operating so uh, i definitely hear where you're coming from and uh you know I, i'm pretty sure that you're you know, doing your best to advise other folks on what they can be considering, you know, wherever they are right now in the industry. Um, but let me ask this. Do you feel as though the fact that you are a driver for so, um, you know, so long, you're good at it, that it helps you in your role as head of driver relations with uh, Port Pro? Oh, definitely. Cause, um, Humbly speaking, I, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to that, you know, so I feel pretty confident. And also, it, like, it, it gives something, uh, some kind of mutual, um, some common ground where I can identify with, with the drivers, you know, like I'm still in transportation, even though I'm not doing it anymore. Right. You know, I don't want to be like these, you know, like, for example, uh, politicians, they're they never been in a truck. They don't know what it's like, but yet they want to make all these rules and regulations of something they don't understand. So if you're going to hear like input, at least let it be from someone that's been in your shoes, you know? So, right, right. No, I hear you for sure. And, uh, now you make a great point. 
Um, politicians have been making a lot of decisions that affect uh, the the folks that are in trucks, especially the folks that are where you're at, you know, in California, especially with AB5. Um, fortunately, you know, we're able to highlight as much as possible as the way that it's affecting the drivers that are still operating out there. And, you know, just for folks who are listening, um, we are going to be having our second discussion with OIDA, uh, you know, regarding AB5 and uh, what they were recently, you know, they got a win recently. Um, We're going to be discussing that uh, in just a few days on Monday. So uh, tune in then to to hear more about it. Um, But no, I definitely agree with you, sir, man. It's It's a lot of folks making decisions that are not going to affect them or anybody that they know. And, uh, you know, it's a little challenging sometimes. Um, at, well, look, before we go too far away, I know that you were owner operator. Like, so does that mean that did you ever have to set up the uh, the the chassis rental or was that something that was always kind of done for you and you, you pulled up and you went and got it? Yeah, towards towards the end, at the stage of my my company, that would have been the plan. Eventually, get the the concessions, uh, get the chassis uh, deposits in, get all that set up. UIA had the SCAD code and all that, but um, yeah, man, uh, I was with the own authority. I could basically go to any company that had access to these terminals and. If I was registered in Imoru and I had my RFID tag, they would just add me under their existing uh, list of owner ops. And I would okay. ask codes with their SCAD code and just make sure I find the chassis in there. It all comes down to the SCAD code. The SCAD code will is kind of like your identification of what what uh, qualifications you have. So if you're not allowed to take chassis out from that from the terminal or that line, at the gate, they'll, they're going to cut you like short, you know, like, hey, go back. That's it. You know, you're not authorized for this. So, yeah, I would, uh, yeah, mostly work with companies that have their own chassis, though, towards the end, because it got really bad out here. There was a lack of chassis, so. Right, right, right. Okay. Now, I feel it. Um, so, let's think about that a little bit, or let me let me position this a little bit Um in a more specific way about your experience with the chassis, right? Um, I know that, you know, you just described that that would have been something with the concessions and stuff um, had you continue, continued along your, your original path. Um, but let me, let me talk about it in this sense of, like, trying to give game to those folks who are still operating. Um, you know, when it comes to, like, having an imported container, right, you have to go... Let's just talk about it in the sense of hypothetical as a owner operator who had to go rent their own chassis. They had to go to some chassis pool or something like that. And, uh, you know, they had to sign their name, their company for that chassis. And then, you know, they got an imported container um, that needed to get dropped off somewhere. Were there any like. Have there been any experiences like that? where you kind of were privy to how long it was taking for that chassis to be returned so much so that, um, you know, all the charges that were still being accumulated for that chassis rental, like, was that ever part of anything that you had to deal with? 
No, just the carriers I would work with. Okay. Yeah, they would just make sure, as they all should, include that in the accessorials. So basically, that's all agreed upon before they even start working with that customer. So it's not really their concern how how long uh, it takes if you have all that in writing. Although, when it comes to uh, weighing the priorities, of course, you would want to have your chassis back so you can take out more imports. But you know, you can't have them all, you know? Right. No, I feel it. And, and for some reason, I feel like with the, um, you know, the, the drivers out in LA, the port workers, I feel like, I mean, it seems like y'all will be tight knit. Do, do you feel like y'all are tight knit? Like y'all are, you know, like a biker club or something. <laughs> you got leather jackets, you do bonfires on. Yeah, there, um, there's a lot of community, uh, vibes out here you know there's there's their crews but at the end of the day like whether some are like you know the day crew the night crew some are into this uh type of music or into this team at the end of the day what i do notice everyone comes together when there's uh when, when you know when uh when the s word hits the fan you know the s word <laughs> what's that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, you, you don't have to say anything you don't want to. <laughs> well, all right, look, man, I'm just going to keep on going. Uh, all right, accessorials. We did have somebody who wanted to know a little bit more about accessorials. Um, all right. Did you ever have to provide your own listing of accessorials to these organizations before you work with them? No, because I never made it all the way up there to be a, you know, concessionaire. All uh. the code and, you know, I had the SCAT code, but it wasn't married to the concessions agreement. So I was like, it's like you're about to win this level of, of, of a game and you're about to get there and then boom, it, it stops, it ends, you know. So that was my screw up. But, but yeah, um, I can answer what I know as far as accessorials. Like, it's just the way to, like, you never want to go like uh, all in, you know, you always want to have accessorials. Sometimes you just want to get the bag and, you know, for example, accessorials matter because there's a scenario with, with the COVID rates. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of good rates coming around. But for example, something that would normally be like all in maybe $650, you know, for like 20 mile radius. Uh, at the time was going for like three grand and people for the sake of, you know, I don't want to say taking advantage of the situation, but you know, that that's just the way it was at the time, right? Gonna get the bag, three grand. Cool. You, you hear three grand and you go for it all in. Yes. Yeah. All in. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, what happens when they weren't receiving the empty for that $3,000 move and you're paying all this per diem? Mm. the point triple of what you made does that make sense when well, you went all in so that you can't charge accessorials now right right so no, that's upside down so accessorials matter that's as far as i know that's that's uh you know how to cover your your a word being a pg mm. keeping it pg okay i got you i got you uh we did have uh one of our distinguished guests from uh you know who's been up here a couple times as well saying that uh they've made 23k 
in accessorials was it this year alone um yeah well last year last year so no a huge thing um accessorials uh for the most part people who let's just say are not operating in the industry uh, and have to deal with that because i wasn't for a long while it was only once i started you know uh getting deeper into the the niches that uh, i found out that some of the things that i was even asking for were part of the accessorials which is you know let's just say small things like detention pay you know setting that uh dollar rate per hour and how many free hours that you're willing to give um you know you have the layovers you have re-deliveries you have you know if you have a lift gate you got that box truck and you know it's something that you're charging that is beyond uh just distance and fuel and you know fuel is also fuel surcharges can also be wrapped into what an accessorial is um additionally what, what are some other accessorials for port work um you know you got the if you gotta if you gotta pin it in <laughs> and all these different things see i'm still growing in my port operations but you know uh you guys get the drift and the last I did port work is like a year ago, so I'm I'm getting a little rusty on on some of those things. But from my I remember one, you could even do a congestion fee, uh, you know, holiday fee. Um, if you pay something on behalf of, of the customer and get reimbursed for it, you could add let's say a twenty percent markup on that reimbursement. Um, the chassis split, the right, the, right, and if you have the bobtail there. Uh, if you have to move an empty to make room for another load, then you're going to put in that dock. Uh, uh, the chassis fees, the daily, to keep it at your yard. Uh, you know, because there's you, you, you got to balance it. The customer wants it a certain day, but the terminal wants it out. So if the customer wants it a month from now, but the terminal wants it out, today is the last free day, you, you're going to have to store it at your yard and you need to charge for that. You know, they want to have free. And, and the chassis and the storage all in one right there. And um, yeah, if I think of any more, I'll let you know. No, I love it, man. I, I truly appreciate it. Um, you know, I feel like those were some some pretty good um, things to, to mention in there. Um, but, you know, if there were any specific questions, Victoria, feel, you know, please feel free to uh, drop them in there. Um, but yeah, well, I appreciate you uh, you sharing that. Um, you know, were, were there any tips or tricks that you picked up while operating at the port as far as like getting your chassis faster, you know, or maybe even, uh, you know, that whole concept of a street turn, you know, it, for the people who don't know, can you talk about what a street turn is? Yeah, the street turn, it eliminates the need for you to go take the empty out of the terminal that you're going to use for an export. So let's say I deliver to a city um, and I get unloaded. Now I have an empty container. Let's say around the block of that warehouse, um, my load is there that I can reload that container. Unless it's street turned, I have to drive all the way back to the terminal and ask for that empty out, give that booking, then drive back. When if it was street turn, I simply just leave that warehouse and go around the corner, get it loaded, and I and I you know, I I charge double. Right. <laughs> Essentially, that's what it turns out to be since you don't have to do one of those legs of the trip, right? Yeah, 
but it's very important that you get the street turns approved because uh, a lot could go wrong as well. Some of the steamship lines have a website where you like directly go on there, put the container number and the booking, um, I believe, and then it's approved right then and there. If the booking's good, then you can go reload it, take it back. All it does is assigns liabilities to your SCAT code. So now you're saying, I take responsibility for any fees or damages from this point forward, you know? So, yeah, if you don't get it approved, man, I had a bad scenario. Uh, this guy I met at the port, uh, turns out I would always see him in line. He's like, man, I'm here to take an empty out. And I'm like, man, I'm here to return one, you know? So we put two and two together. So every, every time I had the same uh, steamship line empty he needed, we would we would link up and and do the swap, you know. Um, long story short, his dispatcher was being a uh, uh, slick with it and not doing the street turn until the day of, you know. So sometimes they would have that loaded in their yard and uh, the um, it wasn't time for it to ship out, so they would just literally like keeping it at the yard while the company that originally took the load out was paying all the per diem, you know? So mm. it needs to be done right then and there. Otherwise, it's not worth it. No, I definitely hear you there, brother. I definitely hear you there. And as far as, like, you know, other game that you got while you are operating, um, you know, being on the port, how important are those safety precautions and those protocols? Like, um, discuss, you know, what you've seen, any... Anything that's been uh, worth discussing here, you know, how, you know, the whole safety aspect of a driver uh, being on the port. Well, I would say it's just be aware of your surroundings. Sometimes we get caught up in trying to make it out, but one one small slip up and you will actually never make it out, you know. So we got to be aware of our surroundings, you know, cause and effect, like don't cut through the piles. If they're pulling containers out of a certain pile, leave one container length in case one of them gets pulled. You don't get crushed by it. Um, stay in your truck when there's no need to be out of it. Like you just get off to get the chassis to lock your pins, stuff like that. Um, yeah, man, we've heard stories. We've seen photos that I wish I never saw. You know, some people just, uh, you know, the news travels quickly. Bad news travels fast. And I've seen bodies, uh, crushed by the by the trans machine mm-hmm seen uh people pinned in between containers in um uh, you know just yeah man it's just not worth it all because they were in a rush you know yeah. uh yeah like just take your time and and get out alive this this one story I'll share real quickly. It was in the chassis pit. The the father had just got his son in the game. Um, the the son didn't have that much experience. He went to drop the chassis. Unfortunately, he failed to set the brakes on the tractor, and he only set the brakes on the chassis. The minute he unhooked the airlines and all that, the his own truck ran him over, and he had just started. So, and that that was tragic right there. So. All it takes is a, a moment of distraction, and, and it could be the end, you know? So just no load is worth more than your life. Even if it's if you have a lot of pressure going on, like, nah, take your time. 
Right, right, right. Now, I definitely hear you, man. So uh, people who are going to hear this, who are listening now, just, uh, you know, just take your time. Uh, <laughs> don't be in a rush. And safety is always going to be first. Uh, people... I'm not going to say people. I'm just going to say my family. <laughs> my family used to look at me crazy because once I understood the purpose of, you know, PPE, I don't do anything without it. OK, I'm going to be the first one to get the proper equipment and, you know, go about it the, the safe and secure way. I don't need to, you know, cut corners if I know that, you know, potentially doing that is going to lead to me getting injured. So. Uh, again, just take your time and follow those protocols because they're there for a reason. Um, and what you got to prove, uh, what you got to prove. Um, yeah, but that's it. And as far as, well, Victoria, let me get back with you as far as, uh, uh, an actual website. Cause I probably can find you something, uh, that has all of the, you know, a good amount of those listings, or you can just holler at. Melanie, who right there, because I know she got a whole list of all of the, uh, all of the, uh, accessorials that she charged. But, you know, when it comes to it, you got the line haul, which is obviously not an accessorial. Then you got the fuel surcharge, which can be considered an accessorial, uh, the chassis fee. So per day, um, and then you might have a storage fee, like he said earlier, detention, uh, layovers, pre-pull, and, uh, you know, you also want to have your payment terms in there. Uh, but you know, those are the things I can just think of off the top of my head. And, uh, so continuing. All right. So look with that community, right? What do you feel like, uh, what do you feel like uh, creating that group, uh, Cateneros, uh, do, for the community as a whole, the uh, the port workers that were out in Cali, Long Beach, LA, do you like? What do you feel like that group has done for that community? Uh, the group itself, like the containers, or yep. I, I would say, uh, sort of like get the word out. You know, like get the word out, get the truckers heard. Uh, share information that, for example, I wish I would have known. Like, if I could go back, I would have really done my homework and took this business serious. You know, 19 years old. I'm 35 now. I, I would be like, whew, you know, I would be a millionaire right now if I would have, like, played my cards right. But I didn't, you know, I was complacent. I didn't do my research. I didn't ask the right questions. I didn't look at the bigger picture, just payday to payday and thinking I was doing the most, you know, mm -hmm. foolish. But now I just kind of, I see these new guys coming in and there's no such thing as a stupid question, you know, like just ask away. And we try to share the, the info if we have it. If we don't, we, we, we post it up and see who who would answer it in the, in the you know, in the group. And stuff like that, man, just knowledge. Knowledge, motivation, a little bit of humor now and then, and that's it, man. Just work together, cause right. we gotta look out for ourselves. Cause like I feel like this industry is not really like no one out there like you know trying to help it, you know. So we gotta do it ourselves, you know, all of us. I got you, brother. I definitely hear you there. Okay, all right. Um, I mean, so do you feel like it's also created like a a 
a group of professionals that you know can provide this service of port work? Like, do you feel like you're closer to the people who can actually do drayage at this point? And if so, do you feel like that helps you with Port Pro? Yeah, the community is mostly drayage related. And, and help me with Port Pro. Uh, yeah, because it keeps me in touch with the industry and I can make a realistic suggestions to better our system and, and, and be of better service to these companies, you know? Yeah, I love that. I definitely love that. Um, which is, you know, the best part about dispatching for me and, you know, hosting these discussions is because it definitely keeps things relevant, you know, AB5 and, you know, I know it's there with you guys, but what if it was to go to New Jersey next? I, I dispatch for quite a few companies that are based out of Jersey and that would affect the way that they operate. And, uh, you know, so no, I, I definitely hear you, brother. And, and for, you know, just a side note, for the dispatchers, right, for the dispatchers who are listening, uh, let me ask you this, because you would know this much, you know, better than me, but this is, this is my guess, all right? I feel like if there was a dispatcher that was fluent in Spanish and English, that they would just have all the clients that they can get. Do you feel like, you know, there are enough dispatchers who speak Spanish and like, or do you feel like... The, you know, the market is already saturated with uh, dispatchers who are uh, addressing the Spanish speaking community uh, who are drivers needing dispatchers. Yeah, at least in, in this uh, at the ports of LA and Long Beach, I think there's a big uh, there's a big group of bilingual dispatchers. I don't think that's an issue here. And I think that that's that's really good because that opens up the. You know, it opens up the opportunity to work with more, with more people. Right. No, I definitely hear you. I, I mean, from from what I hear and what I've like kind of perceived, I know that there are hella Spanish-speaking drivers, okay? And I never really get to see them or talk to them um, outside of, you know, probably two or three that I dispatch for. But it's just like all the ones that, you know, that don't speak English as well, or they, you know, they prefer someone that speaks Spanish. I do feel like they're, maybe I'm just talking to the dispatchers since this is my world. Dispatchers, or soon to be dispatchers, if you speak Spanish fluently, this might be a, a place where you can get a whole lot of market share um, for people who aren't really being served. Not necessarily in, you know, LA, Long Beach, because I can imagine, uh, you know, we got rappers who, you know, like Kendrick Lamar and uh, what's that brother's name? D Smoke. Yeah, who out here rapping in, in Spanish? So it's a, it's a different place right there. That's a real nice area, um, you know, where they value, you know, being bilingual. But these other places in America, there might be a, a real need. So if you, you're a dispatcher, you know, just, just put that in your back pocket. Um, yeah. now, now, question for you. Do you feel like you have any tips and tricks or advice for dispatchers who want to specifically uh, dispatch uh, trucks and owner operators that operate in the ports? Like, is there anything that, you know, you got to experience that was good when you were working with those dispatchers from those corporations that you were kind of like working under or, you know, anything like that? 
I think they need to get Port Pro and go to uh, portpro.io. <laughs> schedule your demo. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, brother. I hear you. <laughs> Port Pro, we got a Spanish version on the app, right? So okay, it's good to understand your, uh, you know, and not try to like, you know, reinvent stuff and make it cater to you. Like we got to understand the market and what we're working with and make it work for them. So if you know they're Spanish speakers, cater to them. If you know there's English speakers, cater to them. So it's just the being of service, you know, and making it easier for everyone out here to function in this supply chain that during this COVID season, we saw how important it is. You know, it brought light to the importance of what we all do. So, and, and back to your question about tips for dispatchers in drainage. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. Just in general, I would say uh, don't take it personal with the drivers when they when they don't want to do a certain load. Um, yeah, be on top of the last three days of those containers, and just respect, I guess. Overall, keep it uh, professional. You caught me okay. off guard with that one. I'm trying to think because yeah, my issue was when dispatchers would take it personal mm. and. The whole, for example, um, I asked for work. What do you got next? No reply. No reply. Just on the, you know, my message is ignored. Yeah. Three hours later, I'm home with my kids. Oh, I have a last three day. Can you cover? If you don't, mm. some might take it personal. And what happens the next day? I get put on, on the naughty list, right? I, I might not get work, you know? So if I have a way to prove that, that 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 helps me you know so yeah no i understand i definitely hear you there the whole notion of you know just one not taking anything personally but at the end of the day this is a business so being professional at all times uh i definitely hear you there that's a you can you can state that again because that's that's very important that's one of the the most foundational pieces to the way I operate, um, you know, with my clients, we can do some great things, but we both got to be professional. You know, it's not it's, it's not a matter of you got to be polished um, or I got to be super polished because at the end of the day, trucking, you know, you can you can let your hair down. Uh, but the whole point is still being very respectful of one another in oh. such a way that, you know, you don't take things personal. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. If we put ourselves in, in, in the other person's shoes, no matter what like job they do or, or title, I think if we did that for a day, like there would be a lot more respect going back and forth, you know? Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, so look, I mean, I think that pretty much wraps up the questions that I had. If you wanted to share anything, just let me know. If there were any questions in the audience, people wanted to come up, you know, please feel free, raise your hand. Um, I'll definitely bring you up to the stage. And you'll be able to discuss whatever it is uh, di directly with this brother. So if you have a question, let me uh, actually I'm turning hands off and then I'm going to turn them back on. Um, so, yeah, if you had a question, please raise your hand and I'm happy to bring you up to the stage. Uh, but I'm going to keep that open for about about 30 seconds. So um, but yeah. In the meantime, uh, Luis, I just wanted to say I truly appreciate you for your time this evening, brother. 
um, being willing to discuss not only your background, uh, but that transition to Port Pro. You know, it is very, very difficult to go from, you know, being in one environment for the majority, almost the entirety of your adult life to, uh, <laughs> you know, having to learn a new way of operating, a new way of thinking. So uh, I just want to let you know, I'm very proud of you, brother. And, uh, you know, I'm here to support you in whatever way I can. Uh, but yeah, did you have anything that you wanted to say before we closed out? Okay, let me see. I just invited somebody to to the stage. Let's see if this brother... Hey, what's up, brother Scott? How are you doing today, sir? Hey, guys. Thanks for bringing me on stage. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, extremely blessed, sir. Thank you. Awesome. God bless. Awesome, Luis. Thanks for the presentation. I really appreciate that. Um, I, I, I'm not in Dredge, but I'm, I'm on the East Coast. I was wondering about this Port Pro. Is, is this is this really going to... Is the only solution for Dredge um, carriers, or do you think other carriers like doing drive-in or uh, even like local van work? Is that something you think would... Uh, does that have the same capacity for us? Yeah, we, we, we do offer a over-the-road feature as well. So if if you need to use it that way, that can be done as well. And any um, you could also do a demo and then ask any questions there with Daniel. He's really great at, at presenting it and all the different scenarios and what combinations and how you could use it best for your type of operation. So in short, the answer is yes, we could do other things. Uh, at the moment, that's just like the biggest part of our market is drayage, but it doesn't mean that we're going to, you know, single out any other type of operation. I gotcha. And, and, and I, I, I came in a little bit late. Maybe, maybe you said this, maybe I have to ask um, the sales team, but is there, is there like a, like a standard subscription rate? Is it based upon like units or like, how does that, how does that work out? Maybe do you know that? Uh, subscription and, and, um, yeah. It's a subscription-based service. Uh, you have access to the web-based portal, and I don't know if you missed all all the. <laughs> I I came in really late. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Asking for oh, one second. Now. We we do have uh, somebody from Port Pro who is I'm sure going to be able to speak on this. What's up, Tony? How you feeling? Oh. Hey guys. <laughs> hey. How you doing today, Tony? I'm good. It's so funny. I haven't like spent time on Clubhouse since like everything was locked down and I was on this app like every day right, um, right. but just, just to answer Joel's question yeah so like the system was really built for drayage but we have a lot of companies that use it for over the road um, but it's subscription based on the number of drivers that you have and regardless like if it's core pro or not like the biggest piece of advice that I have like my family's been in trucking for like 70 years is get an operating system. You know what I mean? It's so crazy. Like 70% of the trucking companies that come to us are still running on paper and WhatsApping their drivers and Excel sheets. And it's like, it's 2022 and you need to be able to like better manage your business and understand your data so that you can like make smarter business decisions. You know, in the port, it's a little bit more complex because you're talking about per diem and demerge charges and all that stuff. But in general, it's just really good to have that visibility um, over your company and over your drivers so that you can take the company to the next level, you know? So no, I definitely hear you there. Uh, we did have a question of Port Pro and Load Match. What's the difference? You know, because like I said, I dispatch, but this is, uh, this is a little bit different for me right now as far as 
uh, using load match, which I think is more so uh, a load board for drayage opportunities. Um, but if I'm mistaken, please give me more, you know, insights as you know it from where you are in the industry. That's my bad. Uh, Tony, my bad. Tony or Luis, one of you two, me, because you guys would know it better than me. <laughs> okay, okay. Tony hopped off, but um, yeah, Port Pro is not a, a brokerage. Uh, it's an operating system, so it's a uh, yeah, big difference there. Right. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, whereas with what I think load matches. You know, you can be a dispatcher, you can be an owner-operator, a fleet owner, and you, you sign up for that service, and it's similar to a, a DAT where you're getting, um, you know, those opportunities just in a low-bore fashion. Um, but, yeah, so appreciate you for your question. And uh, we did have another brother. Is it Yahtzee, the minister? Yeah, anytime, brother. Yazi. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Luis, did you want to answer that from your perspective of, you know, being, uh, you know, buying a, a leasing a, a vehicle from the company you are working for? Yeah. And I'll answer that as, as Luis Molina. Uh, uh, that one is, uh, this is my opinion. Uh, I think a lot of these, like the mega carriers, they, they man, it's sad to say, but I think most profit more from leasing their trucks to the drivers than the actual freight they move you know so it's very uh, predatory uh you should definitely look into like the percentages that you're missing out on and run the numbers if it's even worth it in the long run because you have scenarios where there's guys that for the sake of saying their owner operator they're making way less than company drivers that are making a good income a good salary so it's just like you know don't let it become just like a bragging rights type of thing where the numbers got to make sense. The lease has to make sense. The buyout has to make sense. 
like mine, it was like after five years of paying twelve hundred a month, you get to buy the truck for forty thousand dollars. But within that time frame, it was not gonna be worth that much. So, and those trucks you hop into, sometimes they've been in the hands of three, four drivers that thought they were gonna own it someday. So that's another way to make money too. These trucks are paid off maybe three to four times by the time anyone else gets to own it. And when they get to own it, they're all run down with like a bunch of miles. So I don't know, I would just try to like, Take it easy. I mean, take it, uh, play it safe as far as like, take your time. You don't got to rush into it. You know, maybe learn the ropes uh, as a driver in the game and learn, uh, you know, that's how I did it at, 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 as far as driving goes. But I know your question was more about the lease. So yeah, just learn. And when you're ready to take that step, then get financed on your own. Because. Yeah, I agree with I I agree with you, man. I I, I think um, just I want to jump in right there too because I run I run a logistics company. We we do national OTR work and we also do uh, local regional stuff in the southeast out of Atlanta, kind of hubbed out of there. And um, I come from the uh, the the car sales world. Yeah, you know, I was I was working for BMW before I started the company, um, and we started in passenger freight as well too, uh, passenger transportation. But um, you know, I tell everyone you gotta look at the, the leasing system really from the car sales thing. If you understand that. Uh, most people, you know, who lease because they have excess cash, right? And they just really want the latest models and they want to kind of transition in and out of vehicles, but they're they're actually circumventing ownership, right? Um, they're, they, you know, whether it's safer technology or the newest models, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, at a company like BMW, our job at the end of that three-year lease is to get you into the next the next model. If we can sell you that, 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 le that, that lease vehicle after three years, you already put maybe 30, 40,000 miles on it, we're not going to get better than what we're going to sell it back to you for in the back end, right? So we're definitely ensuring MSRP plus of whatever premiums we got on the first end of the lease. So on our side, when we started, when you know we were recruiting, um, you know, just uh, uh, company company operators, um, not owner operators externally. A lot of guys were like, we want to, we want to lease, we lease, want to lease own. We were in this program before, and and we really had to walk walk people away from that because you know, like if you don't have anything, I always say we we, we do that in our company. But we always, always say you have to come with a down payment because if you're not going to have any, you know, going to walk in zero down, you're going to get screwed. And I'm sure that's exactly what Lewis is talking about. We see all the deals from everyone, yeah. from Schneider to Western to, you know, I'm like, why would you pay? You're paying almost $300,000 for a truck that you could get used for maybe 90K, 80K, 70, 60K. Like yeah. it, it literally doesn't make sense. Just save up 10 grand and maybe get a partner to, you know, give the other five, 10. Yeah. In a way, this is what leads to these, uh, government inter interventions you know like oh we're gonna come and, and save the day oh here's ab5 you know what i mean mm -hmm. so like yeah Right, right. Yeah.
yeah, like it, I, I know sometimes you guys are invested in it and it feels. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'll go for it, Luis. No, like yeah. I, it feels like a, a step backwards, but. If you could get out while you're ahead, that loss is nothing compared to what's coming down the road in a bad deal. So, like, you know, put your, um, you know, we, we get, um, ah, I, I'm out of words, but, you know, we, we, we uh, get attached to these things. You know, we, we see we want to thrive, right? We, we think of our goals, the future, our kids, and that's what we're doing it for, whatever your goal may be. And then we tie that to this material. But if the deal's not good, it, it, you know, it's best to just let it go, you know, and, and you know, make a better choice, respectfully. Hey, well, I, yeah, I, 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 I agree I with that, Luis. Uh, I appreciate you for saying that. And, you know, just from my position, I haven't, uh, you know, been a, a owner operator or somebody that has been a, a driver for a company driver, basically. Um, but. Everybody that I interview, everybody that I know that is doing it at a higher level and, you know, even hearing it from Luis earlier, it's the it's the notion of educating yourself, you know, so that means asking questions to people who have already done it, uh, possibly even getting a mentor. Uh, there are a lot of folks that I've learned a lot of things from about dispatching from in, uh, you know, the, the couple of years that I've been using Clubhouse. Um, but one of the key people I've learned things about uh, being, you know, what the owner operator experience is, the fleet owner experience is, is a brother by the name of Desi, um, Desi Wade. He, he, he does a lot of um, rooms on Mondays and Fridays. I would definitely tell you to, to, to check him out uh, because these questions that you're asking, uh, I'm pretty sure that he will be. You know, he'll give you the game for free. Um, so much so that when I created the Transportation and Logistics Clubhouse, you know, I didn't even know who he was, but just randomly throughout the day, he was just starting rooms just to educate people on certain aspects of, of the game. So, um, you know, I would just say make sure that you are asking, like what you're doing right now is exactly what I would encourage you to do more of, which is just yep. talking to people. Um so that you can, you know, get other perspectives from people who might be just a little bit uh, further along the, the road. And, uh, you know, yeah, so I, I applaud you for even being willing to, to ask the question tonight, brother. Yep. 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 Predatory companies like that want want the people to stay in that bubble, you know, ask questions, ask other colleagues, how much is this? How much are you doing here? How did you do it? And, and just you know, take notes along the way, man. I wish you the best. All right, bet, bet, bet. Well, again, Luis, I appreciate you so much for joining us. Hey, Joel, thanks so much for your contribution. Uh, Yazzie and Tony, thank you all for coming up to the stage. I truly appreciate you guys participating. Um, but, you know, Luis, if there was anything that you wanted to say to close out the room, you know, now is definitely the time, brother. Uh, thank you for having me, and thank you, everyone on, on here, for your time and tuning in. Thank you, guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Luis, man, I, I said this the other day, but I love the direction that you're heading. Um, let me know if I can be a resource to you. I love that new LinkedIn headshot. You know, it's, uh, it, it's good, man. I'm happy that this is the direction that you're heading. 
And uh, for everybody that's listening in, thank you so much for the support. Truly appreciate it. Um, and I would say tune in on Monday, Monday morning, 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard uh, as we partner with Freightway Sonar Team to let you know where you should position your trucks to take advantage of the market. Um, we also are going to be interviewing OIDA uh, on Monday, Monday evening to, to discuss the updates to AB5. Um, it, sound, it seems like they got a voice now. You know, their voice is going to officially be heard uh, when it comes to considering things and the, the way that enforcement will play out. So uh, we're going to be highlighting those folks. And, uh, you know, if you need anything from me, just holler at me. But I truly su appreciate the support. God bless you all. Peace.